0: Welcome to another encouraging message from Pastor Jason Yalbrow, lead pastor of One Community Church located in El Dorado, Arkansas. For information about the ministry of Pastor Jason or One Community Church, please visit our website at occeldorado.com. Or you can find us on Facebook by searching One Community Church El Dorado. If you have your Bibles, go with me uh, to the book of Acts. We're going to start... Our message today, let's go to the book of Acts. Again, we're excited to have you and I want to welcome our online audience as well. Uh, God bless you. Thank you for uh, joining us. Uh, We work hard every single week to feed you a good spiritual meal. And over the last four weeks, we have been in a series called the book of Acts. And today is part five, week five. I think the Holy Spirit has been restrained in this new modern church era, whatever you want to call it, new modern fad, trendy, whatever this is that we've seen lately in in churches over the last few years. Um, We have seen the Holy Spirit restrained, and I think that's because people think that he's going to show up and do weird things. And uh, I would say the value that we place on the Holy Spirit in our lives is an absolute game changer. Can I hear? uh, Amen. Hear me. God wants to help you. I've already said that today. God wants to help you. He doesn't want to hurt you. He wants to help you. He wants to help you so bad that he sent his one and only son into the world and he died on a cross. He was raised on the third day. And as he was leaving, he said, I'm going to send you a, help, a helper. I'm going to send you a comforter. And his name is the Holy Spirit. And he's described as a gift. Everybody say a gift. It would be ashamed if you lived on this planet 80, 90, and 100 years and you never received or opened the gift of the Holy Spirit. What a gift that he has sent us. This gift changed the world forever. It changed humanity's relationship with God for all times. And I want you to know the person of the Holy Spirit. He is a great guide. He is something beyond human comprehension that can change a marriage, that can break an addiction, that can heal a body. And you want to open the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen and amen. And I want to add to that, He can heal depression. He can heal anxiety. He can heal you if you suffer from bipolar, any kind of mental illness. The Holy Spirit is the healer. I have to say that again the Holy Spirit is a healer. I love all of the stuff and the knowledge and the education and all the things and the tools that we have and we utilize those tools to the best of our ability but at the end of the day the smoke clears the dust settles the Holy Spirit is the only one that can fix the problems in this world. He is the only one the presence of God in our lives, I'm telling you, I was reading yesterday morning. I got up. This is a daily discipline for me, so I'm getting up. I'm spending time with the Lord. And yesterday, I was really focusing on the book of Samuel, especially the beginning part of the book of Samuel. Um, and I was looking where you know the story of how the um, the Philistines had captured the Ark of the Covenant and the whole Dagon thing. And I've we've shared that story before. But then the Bible says that, that he took the ark of the Lord, which was the presence of God, and without one Israelite lifting a finger or fighting a battle, the presence of, the, of God fought the battle for them. The presence of God took out their enemies. And I want to say we need the presence of God in our lives. The presence of God can do more in one second than we can do in a lifetime. And so we need his presence. Everybody say, I need his presence. So I want to go, if you have your Bibles, to Acts chapter 10. We're going to fast forward. We don't have enough Sundays in the year to go chapter by chapter. But I want to fast forward here to chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. Let me find my place here. And I want to start reading in verse 1. That's important, he asked. The angel answered, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. Now skip to verse 9. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, it says, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry And wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open and some things like large sheets being let down to earth by its four corners. And it contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. The voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. And he says this, surely not, Lord. Everybody say, surely not. Peter replied, I have never eaten anything impure are unclean. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that the great teacher and preacher, the Holy Spirit would show up today. Lord, we don't need to hear from a human. And that's what I am. We need to hear from the Holy Spirit. And so Holy Spirit, I'm asking you today to speak in a way that only you can do. And we give you the glory, the honor and the praise for what you're about to do in Jesus name. And everybody said, Amen. I got a question for you today. Here's the question. Do you have anybody in your life that you don't like? Not one. Wow. (laughs) Let me ask that again. Do you have anybody in your life you don't like? Yes. Okay. I need you to be honest, okay? You say, well, Pastor... Y'all have to excuse me. I have two-way conversations. I'm talking to you and the Holy Spirit's talking to me and He's like, land, right here, land. Let me ask you again, is there anybody that you don't like? Okay. You say, Pastor, I love everybody. I'm not asking do you love them. I'm asking do you like them. Okay? Now, my wife and I will be married 12 years in a few weeks, and we're going on a little trip, and I can honestly say, I like my wife. Now, I made a covenant, he said, that's good, I made a covenant to love her. There's a lot of marriages where we make covenants to love, but that doesn't mean we like each other. Amen. Now, I genuinely like my wife. I like spending time with her, but I can't say I like everybody. I can't say that. The only way you can like the unlikable is the guy that I've been talking about today, the third person of the Trinity, and his name is the Holy Spirit. He is the only way you can like the unlikable. Okay? As an adult, you can't just look at people and go, I don't like you. Now, kids can do that. Kids keep it 100. I mean, they do. They can look at somebody and say, I don't like you, and you need to go home. And the parents are always trying to cover it up, and they're like, oh, he didn't mean that. And he's like, yes, I did. Yeah, I really did mean that. <laughs> but as adults, sometimes we got to fake it. Is that right? Let me ask you. Here, let's... Man, he's talking to me right now, so he's wanting to talk to you. Let me ask you this. Is there anybody you work with you don't like? <laughs> you better say no. Okay. And if even if it was, it'd be Luke, I'm sure. It wouldn't be me. Okay. So, uh. Let me ask that again. Do you work with someone you don't like? Let me ask you this question. Have you ever fake laughed at your boss's jokes? Yes. And <laughs> huh. the words of Donald Trump, you're fired. Okay. <laughs> Can y'all believe he said that? Okay. Yes, his mom said yes. <laughs> Let me ask you again, not asking Pastor Daniel, but have you ever fake laughed at your boss's jokes? You're like, well, I have a water bill, a light bill, a mortgage. You know, I need a job, so I'm going to laugh at his jokes. You ever done that? Okay. Got some honest people, some dishonest. Okay. When we talk about like, there are different levels to liking people because there's some people you just don't like. Sometimes the feeling is mutual. You don't like me, I don't like you, but we're on the same job, we attend the same school, and believe it or not, unfortunately, we go to the same church. And there are people that we go to church with that we don't like. And that's a problem. Can I hear an amen? There are some people that you don't even know why you don't like them, but then there are people... Watch this word. There are people you hate. Now you're like, Pastor, now that was a strong word. Okay, well, let me think of another fancy, more professional word. How about, how about this word? How about, dis, how about this intense disdain? Is that a good word? If we're honest, we have some people in our lives, it's not that we don't just like them, they're an enemy. Okay, And when a person becomes an enemy, we see it as me versus them. In fact, there are categories, and there is us, and there is them. When they walk in a room, your whole face changes. When you hear their voice, your whole face changes. Right? Okay. In this story that we just read, with these two men, this is similar to what is going on. They don't like each other, but they've never even met each other. Okay? Now follow me. Stay with me. Um, They are very far apart. Cornelius is a military man in charge of at least 100 men. He's a godly man, a generous man. In fact, Acts tells us that he was a man that continually prayed so much that it got God's attention and he sent down an angel. But in Peter's eyes, this would would seem this man is playing for the wrong team. A Roman young man would join the military at age 18 And for 20 years, when he signed up, he was signed up for at least 20 years. And he could not marry. So the point being is, he was dedicated. He was devout. History tells us, on an average, most of these young men wouldn't live because they were placed in very dangerous situations. On the opposite of that, we have Peter, a Jewish fisherman. The only man in history to walk and talk with Jesus on land and water. He was from a devout Jewish background with all of their sets of customs and procedures, specifically what is considered clean and unclean, meaning what you could eat and what you couldn't eat, according to Jewish customs. He has to have nothing to do with someone like Cornelius. So we have two men that were disciplined and devout to their culture, And they find themselves on opposite ends of just about everything. But what I find interesting in this text is that God is trying to get a hold of both of their hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit, and He's getting this angelic invitation. And we have two different responses. I want you to notice the responses of both men. Notice Cornelius' response in Acts 10.4. Do we have that? If you you guys can pull that off, put Acts 10.4 up there. This is uh, Cornelius' response. He's afraid, but he says, What is it, Lord? Now let's put up Peter's response, because I like his response. His response is found in chapter 10, verse 14. And in the NIV version that we read, he says this. He says, Surely not, Lord. Everybody say, Surely not, Lord. Now... In the New American Standard Bible, it says, by no means, Lord. In the Berean Standard translation, it just says, no, Lord. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever told God, no? (laughs) Have you ever had a by no means, Lord situation? So the Lord tells you, hey, you need to start tithing. And you're like, by no means, Lord. (laughs) Maybe the Lord is telling you to join a community group. And you're like, by no means, Lord. I don't want to go to a group because there's not many people there. And I'm socially awkward. So, you know, it may be weird and I don't want to join a group. But I'm telling you today and I'm asking you to trust me. You will never regret obeying the Lord. Amen. Thank you for the amen. So, who or what is that no means, Lord, for you? Who or what makes you huff and puff? Who makes you breathe out of your nostrils and your mouth at a level that is not healthy for your heart and lungs? Whoever that is, my question today, the Holy Spirit's question today is, would you be willing to see them differently? Would you be willing to do just one thing? Would you be willing to just pray about it? About seeing that person in a different way. Because most of our perspective on other people is stubborn. Meaning once I see you in one light, that's just who you are. And there's nothing on earth that can change my mind. Then that becomes the filter of how we see everybody from that point on. Anybody that looks like you, dresses like you, sounds like you, I put you in that same box or that same category that I have that other person in. Then sometimes, listen to me because this is a big part of the message today. Then sometimes we believe the picture somebody else painted about somebody else. Then you're like, somebody tells you a story about someone else, and then you're like, they did what? And without any investigation, we fully inhale one side of a story that made us feel some type of way about somebody else that I've never talked to or given a chance to hear their heart and their side of the story. And we ingest that, And we inhale that and we believe that, yet we've never talked to the person on the other side of the story. Amen. Years ago, I had a man come up to me. It was a winter day. I remember that for sure. I was pumping diesel and I was at my truck putting diesel in it. And I saw this man walking toward me. It was a cloudy day. It was super cold outside. And he was bundled up, I was bundled up, but he was walking towards me, and I didn't know if I was fixing to get mugged or what. But he had his head down, and he was walking towards me. And as he got close to me, he, his, his head lifted up, and I could see his face, and I realized that I knew him. And as he approached me, he stuck out his hand, and he put his hand in mine, and I, I had no idea what he was fixing to say. But I put my hand in his, and he said this to me He said, I'm sorry. And my mind is like, sorry for what? I don't know what you're sorry for. And this is what he said. He said, I believe them. I said, I'm lost. I don't understand what you're saying. And he said, somebody told me something about you, and I believe them. And he said, I was wrong for believing them. And I never came to you one time and asked you your side of the story. And he said, he said, I attacked your character. Can I ask you a question? Can I just be real? In our world today, we see this. I saw it yesterday, um, Saturday's big college football day. And you see it with coaches and teachers and people in public places, pastors, leaders, and to me it's a tragedy. It's one thing to disagree with somebody's leadership, their style, their method. You can disagree with that all day long. But please don't attack people's character. Don't attack their wife. Don't attack their kids. And you see this in college football. A college coach doesn't perform to the level they want them to And I heard a story this week of a colleague. If I said his name, you would know him. But they attacked his family. He had two little girls. They vandalized his house because he wasn't winning games. Now, at the end of the day, let's remember, this is a ball and a game. And people take it so serious. This man told me, he said, Jason, I I don't only... Attacked you, but he said, I attacked your character. And he went on to tell me, he said, Somebody told me something, and I believed it. And for years, I thought it was true. And I looked back at him, and I said, I want you to know something. I forgive you. But I also want you to know this. I've done the same thing too. I've done exactly what you're talking about. In fact, I've done it way more times than I want to admit. I hear a story and I write somebody off based on something somebody told me. You hear one side of a story and what's most convicting is when you have someone in a category and you find out they're not that way at all. They're not that way. When you put somebody in a category, what you're saying is they can't change. But can I ask you something? Have you changed? Have you changed? Let me ask you another question. Do you want grace? Do you want forgiveness? Absolutely. The people that, that do change, here's what I've experienced, the people that do change are the ones who are submitted to the Holy Spirit. That's the people who change. You will always change when you say, Lord, is there something I need to see differently? And because of something somebody told me, my vision has been skewed, and I need you to help me see them differently. When you pray that prayer, God will start changing you. People have gotten the wrong idea about me numerous times and will again, and it's unfortunate, but it's part of the job. I I can't do anything to change that. People have said things, done things, accused things, you name it, and they'll do it a million times more as long as I do this. But I have done it too. And you have done it too. We've gotten the wrong idea about people. So I have to consider, I may have somebody right now in a box or category that they don't belong in. And the only way to get them out of that category is through prayer. And it's through the Holy Spirit. Watch me. We'll listen to my words. We have to be careful that our experience with one person doesn't poison our experience with everybody. Amen? Disappointment produces despair. Write this down. Disappointment produces despair. Despair produces bitterness. And the one thing certain about bitterness is it produces blindness. I want to say that again. Disappointment produces despair. Despair produces bitterness. And the one thing certain about bitterness is it produces blindness. What I mean by that is you can have 100% truth in front of your face, but you're blind to it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Bitterness cannot make the distinction between truth and a lie. It skews your vision. And the story gets, as the story is told, the story gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Okay? And it's not only the story you're telling through your lens of bitterness is not only getting bigger to other people, but the person you're lying to the most is yourself. Amen. So in your spirit, in your eyes, the story is getting larger. Sometimes we have this woe-is-me attitude. Everybody leaves me. Well, first of all, everybody don't know you. So let's define everybody before we start using words like everybody. Your one experience with somebody poisoned your experience with everybody. And you're still mad and bitter about it. One question today. Are you open to seeing things differently? Trust, this is a nugget, write it down, trust is a two-way street. Somebody hurt us and we subscribe to all thinking, meaning all is that way, everybody's that way. It is dangerous because we will place some really, listen to me, listen to my heart. This is dangerous because we will place some really good heaven-sent people in a category they do not belong in. God sends heaven-sent people to us, divine relationships that He gives us, and yet through pain and bitterness and disappointment, we will actually drive those people out of our life. The very people God put in our life to help us, we will drive them out of our life. And I've watched this happen over and over and over again because someone exaggerated something. Listen to me online. I'm feeling the Holy Spirit. Someone exaggerated a story, and that story has become so big in your mind that you can't forgive. And it's, this is what the devil does. He mixes truth, a little bit of truth, or yes, a little bit of truth, with a lot of lie. So you say, well, that's true." That's true, and there is some truth there. But there's a lot of lie there as well. And we believe it, and we buy into it. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Some really good people, and we push them away. I'm not saying see the world through rose-colored glasses. I'm saying see people from God's perspective, and at minimum, at least pray about it. I get it. I get Peter's response by no means, Lord. Acts chapter 10, verses 15 through 16, this took place three times. Three times God had to tell Peter. Let me ask you, anybody else a three-time kind of Christian? Where it takes God three times to tell you something? Or more? Let's read verses 19 through 23. 19 through 23, do we have that? While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. Let's keep reading. So get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate. Go with them, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said to the man, I am the one you're looking for. Why have you come? The men replied, We have come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous man, a God-fearing man, who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to ask you to come to his house so they could hear. I thought, do we have verse 23? Then Peter invited, this, these, uh, invited the men into the house to be his guests. The next day, Peter started out with them, and some of the believers from Joppa went along. Now let's read verses 27 through 28. Do we have that? While talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. And he said to them, You are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with our visit to a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone, watch that word, anyone impure or unclean. Verse 14, By no means, Lord, Peter said, By He said that in verse 14. By the time he gets to verse 28, he says, I shouldn't call any person impure or unclean. In other words, anything becomes any person in prayer. Prayer causes us to see things differently. You can't get any closer to Jesus than Peter, and yet he was wrong. You can be a super Christian and still be wrong at the same time. Can I hear a better amen? amen? May I submit to you that maybe we have the wrong enemy in our life and we have, we have directed our energy in the wrong direction. We have an actual enemy and his name is the devil and it is not a person, but we should get mad at the enemy for destroying the relationships that God has put in our life. Let me tell you, and let me just plead with you, please don't turn a friend a colleague, a church member, a pastor, a brother, a sister, a mom, a dad, a nephew, a niece, a mother-in-law, a father-in-law, a brother-in-law, a sister-in-law into a villain, all because someone else tainted our perspective on who they really are. The world gets better when we say, Lord, change me. Not change that person. Lord, change me. And Lord, help me see them differently. Help me see them differently. Let's read Acts 10, 44 through 45. Can we read that? While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. In other words, the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the people he didn't like. Peter preached the gospel and he thought it was just for the Jews, but it was for everybody. Everybody say everybody. Because what we can can do together is more powerful than anything we can do by ourselves. Can I hear an amen? amen? Pastor D, if you would come. I want to put up Acts 11, and we're going to read verses 17 through 18. So if God gave them the same gift He gave us who believe. This is Peter talking in the Lord Jesus Christ. Who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? Keep that verse up there. Who was I? to stand in God's way. I want everybody to say that. Who am I to stand in God's way? Now, you don't have to say this, but who am I to stand in the way of God pouring His Spirit out on somebody I don't like? Come on. Give the Lord a hand. Let's keep reading. Let's read this next verse. When they heard this, they had no further objections. <laughs> and they praised God, saying, So then, even to our enemies, God has granted repentance. Everybody say repentance. That leads to what? even to the people we don't like, God has granted repentance that leads to life. As I give this invitation and I close this service today, all I'm going to ask you to do this weekend is to do what I asked you a moment ago is I'm going to ask you to just pray. Spirit do what we can't do our blindness and our vision has been skewed we have now have what I call blindness towards somebody because somebody skewed our vision of that person and there could be some truth to that but it doesn't mean it's all truth. And we've believed something that's not true. And I feel this so strong. Good grief, I feel this. It could be that you've told yourself something. Somebody else didn't tell you. You told yourself something about somebody else. And you've believed it. You've believed it. Holy Spirit, would you show us something different? Would you show us something different? What I have found is sometimes we do more arguing and getting even than we do praying. And then what we do is we go to Facebook or Instagram and we go to war. And what we're doing when we go to that post and we make that post and we make those into windows about other people Everybody knows what you're talking about. When we do that, we're saying, I'm willing to die on this hill. Can I ask you to do something? Please hear my heart. Before you post, pray. Always, before you post, pray. Pray. Always pray. Before you talk, please pray. Please pray. What I love is Cornelius and Peter both prayed. And if you're not on speaking terms with somebody that you used to love, all I'm asking you to do is pray about it. That's it. And I believe today that's all the Holy Spirit is asking you to do is just pray. That's it. That's it. As I was preparing this message, I wrote this out and I think it has so much power and meaning. But here's what I said or the Holy Spirit said through me. There is a blessing you don't have because your perspective is blocked by bitterness. There is a blessing you don't have because your perspective is blocked by bitterness. Who could God want us to see differently today? Who have you wrote off? Who have you put in a category? So many blessings we don't have. So many people that we don't get to enjoy because we have gotten the wrong perspective. And we believed a little bit of truth and a lot of lie. Guys, today what I want to tell you in this room and watching online, 20 years goes by just like this. 30 years goes by just like that. And before you know it, before you know it, you're standing at a gravesite. And you missed out on 20 and 30 years you could have had with a person God sent into your life because you refused to forgive. And you believed a lie that the enemy sold you. And you put somebody in a category they did not belong in. Father, today I'm asking you to help us not live bitter. I I ask me first. I go first. I don't want to be bitter. Help me be better. I don't want to be bitter. I want to be better. So, Father, today what I'm asking you to do in this room is let repentance start with me and go all over this room to every member of this house That today forgiveness would sweep into not just this room, but would sweep into us. And God, we would be willing to just pray. Say, God, help me see that person differently. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to join us next week for another encouraging message from Pastor Jason Yarbrough and One Community Church of El Dorado.